in the face of John Collins. Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. And now it's time for Swoop Radio with your host, Josh Sanchez. Hey everybody and welcome to Swoop Radio. It's your boy, Josh Sanchez. And, man, my picks did absolutely terrible last week. We'll get into that. Oh, man. And we got a... It's Eagles-Dallas week. It doesn't seem like it. But we have a lot for you guys to talk about today. But, man, just like usual, it's your boy, Josh Sanchez. Man, how I am feeling. I am not in the best of moods, honestly, just because of everything that's going on with Benjamin... Simmons and all that crap that's going on. So this podcast is probably going to talk about a lot of things. I know usually I said like this football season, so I usually just talk about football. But everything that's going on with Ben Simmons, I literally I I can't handle it anymore. It I've reached a point where I am physically, mentally just over him as a person, and I honestly think he's probably one of the weakest superstars to ever set forth in sports honestly with some of the stuff that he has done but anyway as you guys can clearly hear he definitely has messed up my mental but we're going to start with football today and then we'll end with ben simmons the podcast again you guys can always tune in on spotify apple podcast i'm sorry for my twitch stream people today i'm doing strictly an audio podcast this week I'm still getting used to grad school and all that stuff. I will also implement more live streams once the new Pokemon games come out. And also, I'll start live broadcasting some Eagles games in the near future. But for now, though, we're going to start with what happened week two because we got to talk about my weekly picks. I did absolutely terrible this past week. I went with the Chiefs. The Ravens came back and stunned the Chiefs. I picked the Eagles over the... San Francisco 49ers, the 49ers won. I did get the Rams game right, and I did get the Cardinals game right, but I picked the Chargers to beat Dallas, even though I I think I thought that game was honestly rigged because how do you have over 15 penalties for 200 penalty yards? Some ridiculous stat like that that the Chargers had to deal with, and some of the penalties were so questionable, like Justin Herbert threw for like a 45-yard touchdown, and it got back because of penalties. So the Chargers, even though the doubt, even though the Cowboys won, I thought the Chargers got robbed in that game. And then I chose Seattle, and Tennessee just came back out of nowhere. Derrick Henry single-handedly carried the Titans to beating the Seahawks. I thought again, Seahawks first game in Seattle, that they're gonna ride that to the sunset. But I was completely wrong. So I went two and four this past week. Hopefully, we can bounce back and do my week three picks in the NFL, and then I'll get into some Eagles, Dallas talk, and all that fun stuff. So let's get started with week three picks. As I'm looking at the slate of games, we'll do Chiefs and Chargers. That's a good game we'll do. Uh, We'll do Eagles, Dallas, obviously. We'll do Packers, 49ers, Buccaneers, Rams, and then we'll do Seahawks and Vikings. So five games, 
and we're going to get started with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Both teams are sitting at one and one. Patrick Mahomes has over six, over almost 700 passing yards for the year already in just two games, six passing touchdowns. The Chargers, they're definitely a young, scrappy bunch. They Their defense is definitely young. Their secondary is a little bit young, but they got some good guys up there. And they held Dallas to only 20 points. The defense was not the problem. The offense with Justin Herbert, it just comes down to turnovers. I think the Chiefs will make a couple key turnovers in this game. Patrick Mahomes in September, he lost for the first time in his career. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think the Chiefs beat the Chargers. 27 to 20. I think that Patrick Mahomes throws for three pass or two passing touchdowns and runs for a score. I just think Justin Herbert will throw a key interception. He's a young quarterback. He's a great quarterback. But the Chargers, I think, are they're close to scratching the surface, but I don't think they're there yet. Chiefs beat the Chargers 27-20, 2-1 for the season. The next game that I'm doing, as I'm just looking, 425, Buccaneers at the Rams. I can't go against Tom Brady. I know the Rams' defense is good. I'm actually expecting a shootout in this game. I know the Rams' defense is pretty good, and I know the Buccaneers' defense is pretty good. But I think Brady and Matthew Stafford are going to put up some points. I like the Buccaneers to win 31-27. to Matthew Stafford throws a key interception at the end of the game. The next game that I'm doing, so so far that's two. I went with Tampa Bay, and I went with the Chiefs. So I'm going to put this down on my notes so that way I have it. So week three picks. Just bear with me as I'm, as I'm getting through this. So I went with the Chiefs, and I went with the Bucks. Next game, as I'm just looking down the slate, another 425 game, Seattle and Minnesota. Minnesota's 0-2, and they are really struggling, and Dalvin Cook is unlikely to play this game. That being said, I like Seattle to win this game, bounce back from last week. I think Russell Wilson throws for 300 and a couple touchdowns. The Minnesota Vikings, their secondary is young, and that defense, man, they, they they lost a lot of guys from a couple years ago. This is not the same defense. Tyler Lockett has been a beast. He at least catches a 50-plus yard deep ball every single time. I don't get it. The fourth game that I'm choosing, the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. This game is is tough, honestly, because the Packers have not really impressed me. Even against Detroit, it was they were down at halftime, and then Rodgers and them and company found a rhythm in the second half. The 49ers, they didn't really impress me against the Eagles. They honestly should have lost the game, if you want me to be honest. It, it just came down to play calling for Nick Sirianni. But if, if they took on just a regular coach, the Eagles, or a more experienced coach, the Eagles win that game pretty handily, honestly. Uh, the 49ers pretty much did nothing on offense. It just came down to, I mean, they took time off the clock, and their defense definitely stepped up. But the difference between the Eagles and the Packers is the 49ers have a couple weak spots in their secondary, and Aaron Rodgers is not Jalen Hurts. Aaron Rodgers' strength is throwing the ball deep. I expect Devontae Adams to have a huge game. I honestly think the Packers beat the 49ers in a shootout, though. The 49ers love to run the football against the Packers. They have they Every time they play against the Packers, they run for over 200 yards. So I'm expecting... The game to go both ways, honestly. But I think the Packers win on a Mason Crosby field goal. 
Packers win 31-28. 49ers go to 2-1. Packers go to 2-1. And, and the fifth and final game that I am picking, the Eagles and, and Cowboys. The Eagles, they did lose Brandon Graham, and they did lose Brandon Brooks. Two key guys, one on offense, the other on defense. And Jordan Maialata is not playing for the Eagles. But the Dallas Cowboys are, are missing two key defensive starters on, their, on that D-line. And also they're missing a guy on their offensive line. So this game, honestly, is a toss-up. If I'm betting the game, I'm betting the Eagles because they're plus three and a half. I know they were plus four earlier in the week. I'm taking that spread. But to win the game, I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. And I'm going to go with the birds here. I think the Eagles get a win in Dallas. I think Jake Elliott gets a game-winning field goal. Eagles win. And it's, and it's something with Monday night. The Eagles are 11-3 in Monday night football since 2013. So this team is pretty solid on Monday night. I expect Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni to bounce back from last week, learn from their mistakes. And I got the Eagles winning 27-24 to improve to 2-1 and one and get that big win that we've really needed in this city. And then, obviously, they take on the Chiefs and all that fun stuff next week. So here's my picks, just to recap this segment. And then we'll talk about the Eagles-Dallas game and then end with Ben Simmons. So I went with Chiefs over the Chargers. I went with the Buccaneers over the Rams, Seahawks over the Vikings, Packers over the 49ers, and the Eagles over the Cowboys. So I chose a lot of road teams this week. So I'm rooting for the road underdogs this week. So hopefully they will come through. But now let's transition to the Monday night game that is Eagles in Dallas. And I and, and the reason why I want to talk about it is because this game is not really being talked about enough. Uh, I think a lot of that is because of what's happening with Ben Simmons. The media has just focused everything on Ben Simmons. But this is the first matchup. This is the first time that Jalen Hurts is going into his hometown and playing in his home stadium. You guys got to remember, he played for Oklahoma. And that he has played a lot of games at AT&T Stadium. So he has had a lot of great memories at AT&T Stadium. He's won a couple championships at AT&T Stadium. So this is something where this is like home cooking for him. And Dallas, they're missing a lot of guys on defense. They're missing. Here's all the guys they're missing. Keenan Neal. They're missing Ty Neshek. They're missing uh, Brandon Andy. They're missing uh, the Mark... Marcus Lawrence like they're they're missing a lot of guys on that defensive line and offensive line the Eagles are also missing a couple guys as well so this game is going to come down to it's an early regular season game but this game means a lot and it is Eagles Dallas week it but does it feel like that mentally honestly with me I don't I like it does not it just feels like a normal week and I know a lot of that is a lot of that is due to Ben Simmons and also the Phillies only being a game back from the Braves. Or no, there are two games back now because the Braves won last night. But like, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. So this is a big test for the Eagles. What it what's gonna what it's gonna come down to is can the Eagles run the ball, control the time of pace? keep Dak off the field and that offensive weapons and make sure that defense is well rested. We saw against the 49ers when it came to the fourth quarter, the defense just ran out of gas at the end. They, it, it, they did. They just ran out of gas. And 
And that was because they were on the field a lot that second half. The Eagles' offense really could not develop any consistency. They would get a couple first downs and then punt, or they would go three and out and punt. So this game is it's very simple. It comes down to can the Eagles run the ball effectively with Miles Sanders against that depleted Dallas defensive line? And can Nick Sirianni call more slants, call more e- intermediate throws for crossing routes and all that stuff for Jalen Hurts? That was something that was missing against the 49ers. I know the Eagles hit a couple deep plays on that weak secondary for San Fran, but Red zone offense. Hopefully, Nick Sirianni can really drive that home. The Eagles really need to work on that on their red zone execution. The come up with zero points both times, not good enough against the 49ers. Against Dallas, you're going to need to score points because Dak and company, they can score. They can put up a lot of yards and points. So it's going to come down to can the Eagles run the ball effectively and execute in the red zone. We want touchdowns, not field goals. And if they're able to do that, I definitely think you can get pressure on Dak Prescott and force a couple turnovers. And if the Eagles do all those things, it's looking like an Eagles victory. Uh, I'm not really intimidated by Dallas. They definitely look beatable. and But out, Dallas is definitely explosive on offense. C.D. Lamb is a stud. Amari Cooper is a stud. Michael Gallup, even though I think he might not play in this game, I have to look at the full injury report. But he's a stud as well. So there's a lot of guys that are legit for the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, I'm checking. Yeah, he's playing. So all the receivers are playing. So it's, it, oh no, Michael Gallup is not playing. So Michael Gallup is not playing. So it's going to come down to, can you stop Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, and contain Zeke Elliott on that offensive line? And, and if the Eagles do that, the Eagles... They're looking like they're going to get a dub, honestly. It's it's looking like Dallas is banged up early. The Eagles can really take advantage of that. But we just have to wait and see. How do you guys feel about the game? When Once this podcast is out within the next like, 30, 40 minutes, feel free to comment. Let me know. How are you guys feeling about Eagles-Dallas week? Does it feel like Eagles-Dallas week? Those are some good questions to really finish. But I'm going to conclude today's podcast, and this podcast will be probably about like around like 20, 30 minutes. It's going to be quick just because I know the games are coming up. We got to talk about Ben Simmons a little bit just because, man, it's it's just getting worse and worse by the second. So apparently Ben Simmons, he one said that he's not reporting to training camp. Um, he requested that he wanted to get traded earlier in the summer. Teams were not really giving Daryl Morey an offer, which is fine. But apparently what happened just yesterday, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Matisse Stiebel, they all wanted to take a plane to talk to him and be like, hey man, like, I understand like everything that's going on and that's happened, but like they want to they wanna make men's and they want to make things work so we can come back for the regular season. And he flat out told them no. He literally said, this is according to Bleacher Report. This is according to Brian Windhorst. This is according to Adam Wojbaum, Wojanowski. So these are all reliable, credible sources that, that are saying these things. Like It's not like it's like a random person saying it. Like No, these are legit sources saying this information. He apparently told all of them, no, don't even waste your time flying over here. I've made my decision already. 
And a part of me respects that because, I mean, I don't I don't want you to fly over if like my answer is already not going to change. So I kind of get that. But at the same time, dude, it, it reaches a point where it's like, what are you doing? Like you sign like if, if you're not mentally there, you got to realize you signed a four year, one hundred eighty eight million dollar contract just last year. You literally posted on your Instagram post in April how you love Philly fans. And then now, all because you have a playoff series where you average not even 10 points, 8 rebounds, no, 6 rebounds, and like 7 assists. And I, and and to put, it, put, the, and to put those numbers in, the perspe- in perspective, in the regular season, he was averaging 14, 7, and 7. In that series against the Hawks, he was averaging 9, 6, and 7. So you so you're scoring less than five points a game than you normally average in the regular season. If he just gives you those averages, the Sixers beat the Hawks in five, and they take on the Bucks without Giannis for a couple of games. Who knows what happens? But because you did not show up and you underperformed to the point where you shot 34% from the free throw line, which is the worst free throw percentage. In NBA postseason history, like Shaquille O'Neal shot better free throws than Ben Simmons did in the playoffs. And the fact that because of all those things that have transpired, you have mentally checked out and refused to sign a training camp and blame others for your shortcomings is ridiculous. Like, you got to remember, it's a team sport. You're not the only one that failed in the postseason everybody else failed you guys are brothers at the end of the day especially your teammates and the fact that you're not even going to let them give them a chance to talk you're not going to like and even acknowledge what's going on you're blaming your coach you're blaming your front your the fans when there's literally videos of philly fans literally like supporting you whenever you made a free throw we cheered so it's it's literally like the, the fan base has been very supportive Everybody's been very supportive for you. And because you did not perform up to your standards, you didn't even get to your season averages in the postseason. And it wasn't even close. Now you want to blame other people. And this is where this is where I was telling people you should everyone that watched the Ben Simmons documentary in LSU, they they, they you have to watch it. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you see it. This man had a 1.2 GPA at LSU. He barely showed up to class because in his his mind, he's like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to make the NBA anyway. So, like, why do I need to put in work? That's the mindset that this guy had coming into the league. So, and I rewatched the documentary and now seeing that and what's happening here, it all comes in the full circle and it makes so much sense as to why this guy is never self-accountable, is never, because again, he has a, he has a family that babies him. He's always been looked at as he's six foot 10. He is like a God to, to a lot of people. And that's how he acts. He acts very entitled. He acts very, he acts very just like, yeah, like entitled to everything. And that is not a good combination to have when you are responsible to not only lead your team, but 
Well, yeah, pretty much just leading your team and also like setting an example to a lot of young guys looking up to you. Like it's it's not good. And a lot of people are saying, well, Philly fans are the problem. Philly fans are not the problem. The the Philly fans have been very supportive. Obviously, there's a couple a-holes in the fan base, but there's a couple a there's a-holes in every fan base that you go to. Boston, all of them. Everyone has every fan base has those couple of fans that are ridiculous. People love to bring up, well, the Santa Claus incident that happened in like 1960 where people were throwing snowballs at Santa. I mean, Philly fans are definitely crazy and we've had our moments. But when it comes to the Sixers, they they legit told us that we are tanking on purpose so that way we can get superstars and build for the future. And this fan base has been patient. Ben Simmons did not even play his rookie year because he was injured. We have been saying for, to Ben Simmons for four and a half years now to just shoot a free throw line jump shot. And this man has not gotten better at all. In fact, he's gotten worse. He went from averaging 17, 8 and 8 to averaging 14, 7 and 7 this past season. So he has honestly regressed. And he has regressed to the point where he's only averaging nine points, eight rebounds, and seven assists in a playoff series against the Hawks. So, how much, like, I get it. Like, Doc Rivers shouldn't have said what he said in the postgame about how he doesn't know he's gonna, he could win a championship with Ben being the point guard. But if you actually look at his full statement, he never once said that. He honestly just said, I don't know. Because at that time, what was going on? Joel Embiid, people love to bash Joel Embiid for his comments about, like, we lost a game when when someone missed a dunk and, and or well, he passed up a dunk and we got a free throw out of it. If you actually look at his full statement, he also mentioned how he had eight turnovers. He also mentioned how Matisse Thybul fouled somebody. Like, Joel Embiid was critical on everyone, but people love to single out and voice out that one particular point. And then you know how the media is. They will take that and they'll they'll take that little slogan and run with it. And Embiid even acknowledged that. So at the same time, I'm just looking like this guy, he is a baby. He's soft. He really is. Like, he legit is soft for this. I, I, it's it's different when you have been loyal to a franchise for five, six years and they continue to not give you enough good enough players for you to win. That's the case of like LeBron in Cleveland. LeBron was there for Cleveland for eight, nine years before, before he left the first time. And Cleveland did not give him enough for him to win. And that's why he left. James Harden last year. James Harden was loyal to Houston. He played eight straight years in Houston. Gave them four or five scoring titles. Gave them the number one seed. They were not good. Like, they just missed their window. And James Harden was loyal to the end. And he's like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like, I want to leave. And he left. Ben Simmons is not any of those players. He has gotten worse each season. Now, defensively, he's gotten better, but offensively, he hasn't. And the one thing that everyone's been telling him to do, he has not improved. And he, and it's not like he doesn't play, it's like it's only him and he's playing with scrubs. He's played with Joel Embiid for four seasons now. And I mean, Embiid is arguably a top 10 player in this league currently. 
But like, it's not like he's playing with with scrubs. Like he's playing with legit NBA talent. He is the reason why the Sixers don't have a title this year. He is the reason. If he just gave the Sixers his scoring averages from the regular season, they probably go to the NBA Finals. So, like I like I've been saying all along, this guy is soft. Mentally, he does not want to take the steps. He he needs therapy. He clearly needs therapy. But is but if you're rich and entitled, are you going to go to therapy and have been handed everything all your life? Are you going to are you going to go to therapy? That's a real question. No. And that's something that if he gets traded, he's going to constantly face that same problem. Hey, man, can you shoot the ball for us? Like in the playoffs, it's hurting us because they're playing four on five. Can you shoot a mid-range jumper? He ain't going to shoot a mid-range jumper. He ain't about that. He does. He's about just I'm fine with what I'm already good at. And I don't need to get better. And that's exactly what he is. And we all need to re really think about our expectations for him. I know my expectations for him have lowered. And I think he's soft in the way how he's going to leave Philadelphia. He better never come back in the Philadelphia. Because that first game he comes back and plays against Philly. That's going to be instant television. People are going to boo him. People, Oh man. Because again. One thing about this Philadelphia fan base. When you work hard and you put in the work. The fans will really appreciate you. Like Allen Iverson, he can step in any, he can step at any part of the city, and people will love him. And he didn't even bring us a championship. Uh, Bryce Harper's a guy right now. He he is carrying a Scrubs Phillies team to the postseason currently, and he's having an MVP season. Uh, there's a lot of guys: Brian Westbrook, Brian Dawkins, both of those guys, Philly legends. Even T.O., T.O. for the one year, he can step foot in Philly and everybody's cool with him because, like, they put it, they gave it everything that they had. This guy has not. He runs away from the spotlight. He's scared to shoot a basketball. He's mentally, he's checked out. And the way how he wants to leave is weak. It's weak. Yeah, I don't want to do this. Like, you don't want to get better. That's what you're saying. You do not want to get better. You do not want to... You want to run away from your problems in your little mansion in L.A. Like, and then he posts a lot of stuff on Instagram to troll the fans. So it's like you can't cry about the fans coming at you, but you're also doing the same thing. So it's just like you're a baby. You you want to be coddled. And this is not the environment where you're going to be coddled. You're getting paid one hundred eighty eight million dollars. Like it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And to really think about it as a fan, a Sixers fan, Sixers analysis person, it's sad because the Sixers had so many top five draft picks and the only one that has stayed on the team now that Ben Simmons officially wants out is Joel Embiid. Now, Matisse Thibel, he was a late first round pick, same with Tyrese Maxey. So there's a couple gems in the rubble. But the Sixers had, I believe, like, a top five pick every year from 2013 to 2017, 2018. And the only person that has stayed on that team is Joel Embiid. And that is sad. That's sad to really sit and think about. Now, I also know that the league also stepped in. The Colangelo stepped in and they really screwed up. And the league 
definitely was like, hey, you can't tank on purpose. So like we're going to make things harder for you. Yes, that is a proven fact that Adam Silver definitely messed up the process a little bit because Oklahoma City has like 40 plus picks and no one's talking about them. Uh, tanking on purpose no one's mentioning that at all that's I mean you're gonna you're like that's the recipe to winning the Sixers have plenty of opportunities but they have failed but that concludes today's podcast again I I I have really had to go on a more of a rant about Ben I'm sorry for my football fans you guys can tune into the podcast every Sunday before kickoff around 12 ish the podcast will be out I hope everyone has a great weekend. Let's enjoy this Eagles-Dallas week. Hopefully the Eagles can win. And hopefully the Sixers can find a good trade partner for... uh, Not even going to mention his name anymore. But tune in again. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Like and subscribe. And I appreciate it. But hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop!